0: Foundation Arvind Gupta. The reason that people are talking about India is massive digitization and financial inclusion that we have done over the last couple of years. Enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Behind the Markets here in Business Radio, powered by the Warren School. I'm Jeremy Schwartz. I'd like to welcome my guest, Professor Nan Li. Um, Technology companies across many verticals have been the big winners during this pandemic, and we are about to see one of the largest IPOs of all time with Ant Financial listing in China, but it was delayed by the regulars. We're gonna get Professor Li's views on what's going on. But, Professor, welcome to Behind the Markets. Thanks for joining us. Maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I believe you went to University of Chicago with Lee Chen, which is why we have the pleasure of talking to you. But uh, tell us a little bit about your, your research focus.
1: Hi, Jeremy, and hi, Li Chen, and hi, all the listeners. Uh, This is a hello from the other side of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, I'm Nan Li. I uh, got my PhD in the University of Chicago in 2005. And uh, I mainly study the asset pricing, empirical asset pricing, and uh, microfinance. Uh, And my research uh, focus currently is on the investment decision under uncertainty as well as the asset pricing uh, and market efficiency uh, under this uncertainty world.
0: Tell us a little bit about the current situation with technology in China. You know, technology has been one of the real leaders compared to you know those traditional value sectors. How are you seeing that? And, and then, and then we'll, we'll we'll get into Ant. Is there anything about the current market that that you're focused on there?
1: Yeah. So uh, currently, the technology progress has been a lot in China. And we have seen um, in the um, maybe in, in twenty years late earlier, uh, most of the technology is mainly focused on, on trying to learn from the um, country like the US and Europe. Uh, so we are uh, currently we have spent a lot of the research and uh, development expenses on trying to not only just catch up with the uh, advanced. Uh, um, economy, but also trying to go ahead or trying to at least uh, to contribute to the new technology. Uh, well, in the, in the current market, um, this internet-based um, technology progress has um, some uh, different kind of features like the, uh, as compared with the older technology progress. And uh, one of my research find out that uh, actually we should differentiate uh, the different type of intangible capital. Um, so uh, we should, uh, there are some type of the research and R&D which is uh, uh, associated with the new invention, with the new product. And this type of the uh, so-called intangible capital is a, a high risk and a high return. And in particular, the return is a, a highly skilled. Well, on the other side, in China, currently we also is focusing on this improvement of the current technology say in the manufacturing firms try to improve the efficiency of the existing technology. And uh, I call this type of the D expenses uh, generated uh, intangible capital as the so-called embedded uh, intangible capital. And this type of intangible capital actually is associated with uh, a stable profit, not very high growth, but uh, a low risk and low return and sustainable. And this is very important. So I think that uh, these two types of the intangible capital are uh, is behind the phenomena that we observe. Uh, the characterization of the firm based on the value is quite different now. L- Licia, maybe so I'll saying- get
0: you to, to 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 get in here also. Um, you know, I think the China has been investing a lot around things like artificial intelligence, five G. In the U.S., we focus a lot on, on social media. Um, you know, it's sort of uh, interesting in terms of where the, the they've been spending resources. Maybe talk a little bit about where, where you see it and, and sort of this recent ANT IPO. What, what made it so interesting and, and a focus of the regulators?
1: Yeah, so on this ANT IPO uh, it's a, a fascinating topic to us, the economic uh, researchers, so uh, to me, I think the uh, key question behind the IPO is that whether it is a technology uh, company or whether it is a financial company. And uh, uh, from the point of view of the investors, or from the point of view of those uh, um, uh, 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 hedge funds, or the uh, investment bankers who are helping and to get into the market, of course, uh, it will be better to present Ant as a technology uh, company because the because the value uh, of the PE can be as high as to uh, 30 or 40 for a tech company, and this is exactly because because of the uh, valuation for the technology. However, um, to my own view, uh, if we are looking at the real business that this end Group is doing. It is no big difference from any financial uh, companies what we call the financial intermediation. So the major business of end, uh, including um, uh, loans, making loans uh, and then uh, uh, selling this fund to the small investors and then uh, also, uh, make loans to the consumers. Make loans to the small and the micro uh, business, like the uh, like the uh, peasant in the rural part, or like the um, a um, bubble tea shop uh, shopper. Uh, um, uh, um, sorry, uh, the owner of a bubble tea uh, shop. So this is exactly one part of the our financial intermediation. And if uh, finance is perceived uh, as a financial institution and, in, in fact, it is providing this credit service in the market, then we should regulate it. Because um, it is well known that the financial intermediation, uh, exactly because they are providing this credit service, they have to be regulated. Otherwise, the failure of the financial intermediation will cause um, big negative externalities for both sides of its um, uh, trade partners on one side is the small investors on the other side is the small uh, small entrepreneurs so that's really uh, that's really important to uh, identify exactly
2: what is end. Hi Nan this is Li Chen Uh, it's very interesting you mentioned in the intangibles does your research kind of suggesting that the intangibles need be treated differently for a manufacturing sector versus the high-tech fast sector and that also um you know leads back to the end valuation right so if you mentioned that you know and even though it's uh, even though it's you know it even though it it has a lot of intangibles. Uh, I think uh, the P ratio right now is priced to be like about 40. But if it's more like a financial, the P ratio is about 10. So if you, you know, kind of weigh them by the market, they are in. So you are suggesting the the P of N uh, IPO is probably closer to like some, some number like 16.
1: Yeah, um, so um, th- these are the two questions, and uh, very good questions. So first question, uh, whether we should treat uh, the intangible capital or so-called R&D uh, in the manufacturing firms or the high-tech firms differently. I, I, actually, my point is not to treat different firms differently, but uh, it, it, it we should look at what are the um, R&D expenses are used for. Suppose this type of the R&D expenses is used to improve the existing technology existing machine to improve the efficiency of the existing uh, technology. Then uh, it is embedded, embedded in intangible capital, and the risk is low and the return is low. Uh, but it will have associated, it will be associated with stable um, profit, and also uh, it's usually associated with a very aggra- uh, uh, with uh, aggressive physical investment. On the other hand, I suppose this uh, R&D is associated, is uh, used to develop new products, say uh, the uh, new um, new phone or new smartphone before iPhone is ever uh, invented. So this kind of uh, R&D is usually associated with very high risk because um, it might be the case that uh, if we invest in a uh, 10,000 projects, only one project turns out to be successful. So this kind of R&D is very uh, risky and it has a high high expected return. But this type of R&D, actually the market value is low. Because we all know that uh, we just um, adopt the golden growth model. If you have a high, um, high, uh, if you have a very high expected return, then the discounted cash flow uh, will be lower. So, so this um, this means that uh, when we are evaluating the firms, uh, we need to take into account exactly what is the uh, composition of their capital. How much is the physical capital? How much is intangible capital? And how much? You know, among this intangible capital, how much is uh, um, uh, the embedded intangible capital, and how much is the intangible capital that is uh, this so-called developing intangible uh, intangible capital that is associated with the new product, or new ideas, or new market, and um, as for end. Um, the point is not whether we, we should, uh, um, if we um, pro, um, price it as a tech company or not. Uh, the, I think my point is that uh, actually it was wrongly um, posited as a tech company. Uh, we don't see too much tech in this end group. Actually, this end group had a name of N financial just six months ago. And they changed the uh, name from N financial to end group. And if you look at the business, there is a little proportion of this ant group um, that is tech. It is mainly the the currently most of the uh, business is uh, in the financial intermediation. So that's the reason why I think uh, we should not sell ant as a tech company, but it has to be um, regulated and uh, uh, presented as a financial company.
0: We now know we, you and I were talking about the situation and there's sort of, you know, some distinction between the loans that they make or how they identify the loans and the technology versus a traditional bank. Do you want to give any color on that?
2: Yes. Yeah, so just for, you know, for our listeners. Um, so and. Very small part of their business is actually making loans themselves. They make money by matching the banks, the traditional banks, like, you know, China Construction Bank, like the other banks and matching with the borrowers. Their strength is that because they have, uh, uh, the the retail arm, the Taobao Luchang, so they could observe a borrower. Suppose you know a borrower which sells uh, bubble tea, um, they could observe their uh, you know the business and then use their data to measure the risk of the borrower better, and then they match them with the loans that's provided by banks and in the middle they um they you know they make the middleman's fee. On the other hand, they have been uh the leverage they're using is, you know, close to fifty or one hundred because they use their internet uh, in the internet it's so quick and fast to make loans right and they also use uh, uh they take those loans and then repackage it in the financial market and sell it use the uh, you know asset back you know security a little bit similar to 2008 2009 in the in the us in the home mortgage uh market that you know you you sell the house you 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 you, you package it and sell in the market and get the capital and then you loan it out again because it's an internet company can loan it out very quick so if you view that way their leverage ratio is close to 50 or 100 and that is you know significantly higher i think uh uh, here in the U.S., there was some talk about, you know, Chinese government intervention. Actually, this in, in intervention was well supported because people feel and is kind of getting away with with no regulation uh, by getting on this IPO. But now maybe you can help us uh, understand a little bit what's the general leverage of financial companies. Financial company in China, and how much leverage do you think uh, N financial will be uh, allowed to have um, eh, during this uh, back and forth with the regulator?
1: Okay, so you basically have discussed several several layers of this problem. So let me just get it to uh, get it uh, one by one. Uh, the first uh, uh, question is that whether and financial has any and uh, tech or advantage uh, in helping reduce the risk or in helping evaluating the credit risk. Uh, on this regard, I agree with you that uh, uh, by using this uh, um, data from Taobao and from Tri- uh, uh, Alipay, uh, it is um, um, quite uh, uh, so um, and uh, and does use. Uh, some data analysis um, to identify the potential good borrowers, and in the, particularly when uh, when I listened to the conference in, on the board, uh, the C, uh, CFO of the end, Jin Dong, talk about how they can use this uh, um, uh, um, no no man uh, uh, flyer to uh, l- look at the um, field and to discuss uh, to decide whether the crop of a particular rural part is uh, um, is in good status so all of this technology is used to help the and to get the uh, better assessment of the credit quality of the small and the medium uh, entrepreneurs as well as these those peasants but the problem is that, um, this is only a small part of what MDA is currently lending. Uh, they are only lending 20% of their total loan, uh, to these uh, small and uh, micro entrepreneurs. Um, 80% of these loans are actually in consumer loans, like what we call is Hua Bei and Jie uh, Bei. And the way they do this, uh, they give out this Hua Bei and Jie is uh, very problematic. So when you are going to when you are on Taobao and you try to pay some, uh, pay some, uh, pay, uh, try to buy some uh, goods, uh, usually they will jump out a um, option, ask you whether you want to use Huawei to pay for this, and they will give you a small red packet. Uh, say um, ten, uh, R&D discount or so, um, to let you, and also tell you that you don't have to pay uh, in the first month and you can pay it in several months and uh, um, uh, the interest rate is only on uh, two basis point or four basis point. So this will allure a lot of the young um, consumers uh, to buy those expensive, uh, expensive um, uh, luxuries or semi-luxuries. And they are not aware that this is actually loans. This, they have to pay interest on the unpaid um, balances after one month. And this interest is no smaller than the credit card. Uh, if you do the math, uh, four basic points equivalent to about 15 a year. This is exactly the um, credit card uh, interest rate. And uh, furthermore, on top of that, uh huawei charge a very high uh um, processing fees or late uh, or they call it fees so this is sort of to me it's cheating where it's called predatory lending uh, if you're doing the credit card business you should have evaluate the uh, credit of the borrower and the, it should be the credit borrower who are aware that they are applying for the credit. They are applying for these loans. And uh, they need to understand the potential risk and the, their, their potential cost. So that's something that uh, I think is uh, really alerting the regulators on this regard. So on this regard, we, I, I do think that uh, um, we need to regulate uh, the uh, loan lending business for the end financial and trying to uh, separate their use of the consumer data uh, to make the consumer loans. And especially uh, there should be a way to uh, regulate how they can give out these consumer loans. Ah uh, it has to be uh, like what the normal banks is doing when you are applying for a consumer loan. you need to go through the application, the evaluation and then um to um, to uh, to sign a contract um, to uh, um, so that you are aware what is your potential liability okay yes. so this is the uh, the second layer and the the last uh, question you're asking is that what should be the uh, what uh, in in considering this technology that the end has in um, getting uh, helping the to evaluate the credit um quality of the small loans uh what should we value how should we value Ant? and uh, and to answer, before I answer this question, I need to clarify one thing that is um actually it is uh, only a starting um, point that uh, for this end um, to assist, so-called assist the banks to uh, give out loans and. Uh, um had a cooperation with, uh, although it has some, some uh, so-called uh, strategic uh, cooperation agreement with uh, China Construction Bank, but actually um, the banks who are cooperating with ANT now are retail, small retail banks like those city commercial banks and uh, some rural commercial banks. And uh, these banks are uh, uh, do not have too much bugging power with ANT. So what they are doing currently is that the bank usually uh, give out the loans, the 90% of the principles was, was coming from the bank. Well, the end only, uh, only um, offers 1% to 10% the capital. But they are going to get the return on the loans, uh, 30% or 50% of the return on the loans. So this is what is the current status uh, for the corporation, be- cooperation between the end and the small retail banks. And I don't think this is a right way to do the uh, lending business, especially towards those small and uh, micro loans, because we know that this type of the loans is, uh, uh, is uh, highly risky. So if you, uh, if you give the end the chance to um, decide who to give to, but they do not have to bear the risk. It is the bank who are uh, bearing the risk. This is a big trouble. This will cause uh, later big trouble. and We have seen these problems in the, in the 2008 financial crisis, in, uh, uh, especially due to the subprime loan, uh, lower of lending standards uh, in the US. So that's yes. the other uh, alerting problems in, 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 uh, regarding the end financial.
2: Thank you. For our listeners, I, I just want to quickly get a little experience in uh, China. Traditionally, is not a credit-based consumption uh, society. Like when I grew up, uh, you know, my parents has, I've never had a credit card until I came to the U.S. Uh, most of Chinese don't have credit cards until recently. And, you know, most, you know, my parents buy houses uh, through savings instead of loans. There's almost no place you can get a mortgage. Uh, until recently. So I think and financial, like you said, you mentioned they're making these micro loans to a lot of, you know, college students, which um uh, may not be very financially um responsible in some way and also not very financially uh, aware that they're being paying very high interest rate and and is um a little bit packed, you know packaging it uh, uh, and not being regulated. So I think um, in, in China, there is broad uh, consensus uh, that and being regulated is actually a, a good thing. Um, and I, I want to um, mention a little bit so that, um, you know, in terms of the and also that their banking partners are not the top banking partners, more um second tier banks which you know currently are under a lot of stress uh, with with uh, with some of the bad loans uh, performing so it is e- even more uh Arguments for for having regulation on on end, um, I do want to quickly mention when you're researching uh, banks, what's the general leverage ratio in Chinese banks, and uh, using that anchor, do you, you know what what do you see potentially the the final outcome uh, of the leverage ratio for end will be.
1: So uh, I would uh, compare Ant with uh, the retail banks in, in China. So in China, we have several layers of the banks. Uh, the first layer is the so-called state-owned commercial banks, which we have six, um, the uh, ICBCs and China construction banks, as well as agriculture and the, the communication. And uh, um, the last one is Bank of China. Uh, so, those banks usually have a leverage ratio about 7 to 8. And uh, um, this morning, I just uh, get a report that uh, um, we have finished a stress test for more than uh, 1,500 banks in China. And all of those big four, uh, big six are in the stress testing. And they have um, a capital ratio well above 10. It's uh, uh, in the range of 10 to 12 or um, 10 to 14. So this uh, uh, and actually uh, in China uh, we only uh, remove the the deposit to loan ratio of seventy five percent. That is, out of one uh, one hundred dollars you get from the deposit, you can only lend out seventy five dollars uh, RMB. So. Given this uh, loan to deposit ratio, um, in, you can imagine that uh, the leverage ratio for the uh, big, um, big banks are, very, uh, are not that high. It's not, uh, definitely not uh, um, 10, but it's uh, around 7 to 8. Well, um, the retail banks, really uh, what, what we call, uh, is the largest retail bank in China currently is the merchant uh, merchant bank, and uh, merchant bank currently has a leverage ratio about seven, about ten, about ten. So uh, I think, um, um, and uh, financial currently is the biggest uh, com- competitor, what has the uh, uh, most challenge for this type of the retail banks, and uh, well, for those small um, small city commercial banks where we have a lot. Uh, um, those city commercial banks, uh, um, they are uh, they are having uh, even bigger trouble because um, they are not uh, as um, as credit uh, uh, as uh, as risk management survey as the bigger banks, and they are not uh, technology advanced as the un- unfinancial. So those are the fir- those are the banks who are uh, currently in the big trouble, as you have already discussed. Uh, so uh, for me, I think it will be reasonable to look at the um, market value of the merchant banks uh, and to compare uh, the ant financials uh, evaluation with uh, that merchant bank. This
0: Thank is, you. Uh, this is a very interesting conversation. I, I know we're running out of time, um, but um, you know the, uh, it'd be great to stay in touch as these different things develop. I, I think for people in the public markets, you know, there's the the, the private investors who've been funding ants, and certainly it seems like some of the valuations may be coming down from where they expected to. Um, you know, For public investors, if it comes out at a lower valuation, they sort of get forward to more future growth. So it'd be really interesting to see how this ultimately plays out. But Li Chen, any sort of final closing thoughts and then Nan, any closing um, thoughts?
2: Maybe just one thought. Um- do you think from the other side uh, to look at, if M Financial are able to get the regular stamp of approval, it is in a very good position because this essentially really kind of shut down other f- fintech companies getting into this business much? Like, you know, Tencent or JD, they are, they are going to compare to N. they are going to be in a lesser competitive position. What do you think?
1: Uh, Actually, this morning we had a new regulation uh, towards this platform. (laughs) <laughs> Towards this uh, um, uh, internet uh, um, internet uh, 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 payment platform, so uh, the share price for Ant, for JD, for <laughs> for uh, Meituan, as well as for uh, Tencent, is going down a, a lot. Uh, was going down a lot, uh, this morning. So, um, so uh, actually, I'm a, a little bit worried. Actually, I don't. Um, I have a lot, I think there is a lot of uncertainty in in term of whether Ant is going to. Uh, be able to get an IPO uh, in in short time Um, my estimate is that it won't get an IPO again in six months Uh, but uh, after six months whether it will uh, still be able to get um, listed as a um, tech company I had a serious uh, thought uh, thought about it I think um, it has to separate its uh, um, payment kind of the technology sector versus it's credit service sector and that's the only way that it can get listed as a and this credit service sector has to be listed as a financial intermediation and once it is listed as a financial intermediation on the market and PE ratio should be around 10 to in that range. So, so that's uh, that's something that uh, um, my guess, but uh, uh, we will see what how does the uh, regulator uh, think about it. And also, I think that currently another potential problem that uh, hasn't been discussed by a lot is that. Uh, That financial actually is a financial holding company. It has different branches of the financial intermediation. It is, on one hand, an investment bank. It is uh, also uh, serves as making loans, so a commercial bank. And it also sells insurance products, so it's an insurance company. And it also sells the investment fund, so it's a mutual fund and as well as some private fund. So um, we, we do need to set up some. Great wars uh, to separate this business. Otherwise, this uh, problem of conflict of interest will also emerge, as we have already seen the consequence uh, in the 2008 financial crisis. Well,
0: this was very interesting. Uh, we want to stay in touch with you, Professor Nan Li from Shanghai uh, Tong University. Thank you so much uh, for, for joining us on Behind the Markets.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. If you listen to Behind the Markets on CSXM 132, I'm Jeremy Schwartz. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Markets podcast. If you want to learn more about WisdomTree, visit WisdomTree.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeremy D. Schwartz. I'd like to thank Patty Hall for producing our live program on SiriusXM channel 132, and our podcast producer, Daniel Bruno. Join us next week for another edition of the show.
1: For more insight from Business Radio,